Hey guys, welcome to our passion project episode. In today's episode, we're talking to Rohan Villamoria. He's the founder of Law Ninjas, a platform for lawyers and law students globally. Rohan has also had an extensive background in corporate law, working with organizations such as KFC and Pizza Hut, and he's currently based in Sindhi. Thanks for joining the podcast, Rohan. Thank you, Himanshu, and thank you, Ordolink, for this warm invitation. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. Awesome. All right, Rohan, let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about how you got into the legal career and, you know, what you're kind of working on today. Thanks, Manchu. So, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer all my life. Um, and so I was born in New Delhi in India. And when I was 14, my family and I moved to Sydney, Australia. And so I did my last couple of years of high school and my university here. And at uni at the University of New South Wales, I did a double degree, which is uh, two degrees simultaneously, which takes about five years in total. And so I chose to do law and finance, uh, try to cover all my bases. And then um, after the sort of uni, I sort of thought about it and I realized that I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to sort of challenge myself, think outside the mm -hmm. box. And so I took a job with a law firm called Linklaters, which is uh, based in London. And so I moved around with them to Moscow, Tokyo, Singapore, and then I moved to a firm called Mayor Brown. And then I moved uh, to the uh, company called Yum Brands, which is the parent mm -hmm. of KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. So I hope you like your fast food because I love it. Um, and then um, I worked there for about three years. And at KFC, actually, I was not only a lawyer, I also did 18 months in their marketing team and about six months in their wow. operations team. Uh, and then uh, in November last year, through all this COVID pandemic that we've been going through, I decided and realized, I guess, that family and friends are the most important things in the world. And so mm -hmm. I decided to move back to Sydney to be closer to my family. And now I'm currently an in-house lawyer at uh, one of the big four banks here. And so that's the kind of career mm -hmm. trajectory. Uh, but also, as you said, Law Ninjas is my passion project, if I can call it that. And I run it, uh, I've been running it since about 2017. It started off as a social network or a community mm -hmm. of lawyers. Uh, it's grown into a, uh, something a lot bigger than that. We're at lawninjas.co. So that's the website. Mm -hmm. And we run free weekly workshops with leading speakers from around the world. And um, everyone's uh, welcome to attend. And we also are now going to start providing uh, courses and training on more sort of substantive legal topics. So yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, and I'm very, very keen to see what the future has in store. That's amazing. Rowan, I definitely wanted to get into Law Ninjas. But before that, I think it'd be really interesting for people watching who either have a legal background or are working in a company to kind of understand you know, your mindset, um, getting into your first job or even transitioning, how did you make that decision in university or even before university that you wanted to get into law? What was your kind of inspiration or objective learning this? And why did you make that decision to do a dual degree? Excellent. Thank you. So yeah, with the why I wanted to be a lawyer, uh, I think I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I, I, both my parents are lawyers. Right. Uh, my dad was an in-house lawyer for Pepsi and for mm -hmm. Nestle for many, many years. And I used to see him, I used to see his friends and colleagues, and I used to see how much they loved their jobs. Uh, and so I said, okay, that sounds pretty good and looks pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. So I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and then I kind of yeah, w went into that. 
in in Australia, you have to do a combined degree uh, with law with something else. You can't do Got law you. on its own. Uh, unlike, I think, probably in the US where mm-hmm. you can do some sort of like an undergrad and then you do your law degree, which is, I think, three years, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, in, in uh, or three or four years. In um, Sydney, you have to do five years and it has to be law and finance, law and arts, law and science or something. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of how it worked out. Um, and no regrets so far. Uh, so it's, it's been pretty good. Nice. And and I mean, this when you were in college and stuff, this was way before Suits. Not way before, it was sometime before Suits, because I yeah, think... Before Suits, I think, yeah. There's, um, whenever I speak to a few of my friends or people that I know, they're like, oh, I watch Suits, and that's why I wanted to become a lawyer. Do you think that's something that's okay for people to do, to watch TV shows and get inspiration from that? Or is that like not realistic yeah. at all? I mean, it's probably not realistic, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so for me, actually, so I'm pre-suit, so I'm kind of giving away my age now. Um, but I did watch a lot of John Grisham movies and read his books. Um, Earl Stanley nice. Gardner with Perry Mason. I'm not going to be saying things that are pretty old. Um, Law and Order, you know, those Boston kinds of legal. shows and yeah. books. Yeah, exactly. So you right, kind right, of right. get excited about it. Boston Legal, which is one of my favorite TV shows. Best, um, but yes, I would say having now worked in a law firm and a company uh, in different kind of roles and countries, I can uh, say it's not like Suits. It's not <laughs> like Boston Legal. Um, it's uh, not as glamorous. But right. I think, uh, yeah, for anyone who's looking to get into the law, I would say mm-hmm. definitely do your research and get the work experience. Because seriously, yeah. like doing something in an office environment day to day with other people, Uh, with clients kind of, you know, uh, being quite demanding and asking you for things yesterday. uh, It's quite different to seeing uh, a TV Mm -hmm. show or reading about it in a textbook or in a legal thriller. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta get that work experience. And I think that's, I think that's true for any occupation, not just law. Um, You know, again, you know, if you watch Billions, which is an amazing TV show as well, uh, you would think that the world of finance and hedge funds is very sexy and glamorous. Right. Maybe it is because I'm not a hedge fund banker, but I would say right. get the experience and then you'll see what it's really like. Yeah, I, I think that that's so true, right? Um, at Billions is, is like a perfect example. It, they gla- and that's what TV shows are. Right? They're meant to do. They're meant to glamorize the maybe the smallest amount of what an actual job entails. Yeah. Um, so so uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about your professional experience, right? You've had close to a decade or maybe even a decade worth of professional experience with some of the largest FMCG companies in the world. Um, and you also mentioned that within those companies, you had stints where you worked in other roles and other sort of um, departments. Was that something that you think uh, was extremely valuable to you? And if so, in what way do you think that's going to help you long-term or is helping you right now as well? Yeah, I think that for any lawyer out there, it's quite important to um, understand what your client actually wants. Mm. So for an in-house lawyer, and an in-house lawyer basically means you're a lawyer, but inside a company such as a Pepsi or such as a you know, Coca-Cola, and gotcha. your clients are not external parties. Your clients mm. are your marketing team, your finance team, your operations team who kind of sit in the same room or right. office as you. And so it's very important to be able to understand what they actually want from their legal team. Mm-hmm. What are you meant to do? Are you meant to send them um, you know, a 20-page memo, which they're never going to read? Or are you meant to, you know, just speak to them and say, this is the answer to your legal question, but and these right. are the risks, these are the pros and the cons, and this is what I would say. You know, 
everybody works in different ways. Everybody wants something different from their lawyer or accountant or mm. advertising agency or digital marketing agency, whatever your service you're providing. And so I think it's quite important to understand what your client actually wants. And the only way to do it or the best way to do it is to step into their shoes. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to see the other side. I wanted to be mm. able to um, see what actually, you know, the commercial business side does and what they um, uh, do in terms of, you know, running the business. And, and uh, also I find marketing and advertising and all these things really interesting. So now that I'm running Law Ninjas, I am mm. the operations guy, the marketing guy and the legal guy. So right. it's a nice way to kind of bring it all together. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun doing that. That's that's really cool to hear. And I love the memes that you post. Uh, they're super entertaining as well. And very Thank relatable. You. I think that's that's really important. People miss out that it's not just the graphic, it's the actual copy and what you're writing and who you're addressing. So I can definitely say that from a marketing point of view, it, it, it's, it seems to be working and grabbing Thank people's you. attention. And I think, you know, uh, the memes, yes, I, I do get a lot of feedback about them. Um, most, <laughs> mostly, mostly positive, which is good. Uh, and if you just look at it from a broader perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Why am I doing it? Like yep. it, it's a, it's, it takes a lot of time and effort and mm -hmm. I'm doing it kind of by myself on the right. phone, on the train to work, or, you know, I'm doing it kind of at night when I have this creative sort of uh, idea. Um, sure. It's because my target demographic or, or a large portion of my uh, law students and mm -hmm. lawyers are, are young and mm -hmm. uh, they're a lot younger than I am. And so memes are sort of the language of, of this generation, yep. just like, you know, a certain cryptocurrency has shown that, that memes are super important. <laughs> so I would say that, and, and for anyone who's, you know, looking to start a business or to mm -hmm. um, market to a certain uh, target audience, you have to understand them. You have to figure out what is it that they're going to be interested in. What is it that they're going to be looking at on LinkedIn and on Instagram? I mean, I think I'm the only person who's posting memes on LinkedIn, uh, which is, it's quite weird, I think, uh, if I saw somebody posting memes on LinkedIn, but it does make you kind of stand out from everybody else who's posting, you know, stuff that's helpful and in text format, mm -hmm. but there's so much of it anyway. So yeah, you just got to stand out and differentiate yourself is kind of my philosophy. So there's something I wanted to go back on um, that you mentioned, right? That the fact that when you were working as an in-house lawyer, there were other departments that you were working with and they were essentially your clients. And I think what you said, right, about stepping into their shoes gave you some perspective from the other side of the table. I think for any service provider, right, as a digital marketing provider, um, as, as a lawyer, as an accountant, it is so important to understand what that person's perspective of, or point of view is, right? If you guys are trying to work on something and he is you know, let's say trying to grow his business or launch a new marketing campaign and you're, you know, think you have other objectives in mind and you guys aren't aligned. It doesn't matter how many times you sit down together and talk to each other. It's never going to work. Right. So that, that's fundamental for any service provider to, to kind of um, take a step back and, and, and align objectives before you start working on anything. Yeah. I think speak, speak to each other. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so surprising sometimes that you know, a service provider won't really speak to their client that much. They'll kind yeah. of receive maybe one email saying this is what the client wants. Uh, and then the lawyer or the service provider will go off and kind of spend a few hours or a few days doing this uh, task or working on this contract. And then mm -hmm. they'll come back and the client will be like, oh, actually, I didn't really want this. I just wanted an email or, or a call or uh, 
a memo maybe or whatever it is. Right. So speak to your clients, speak to people, pick up the phone, don't hide behind your computers and your uh, keyboards. Um, make sure that you're speaking to them because I think communication is super important in any relationship, whether it's a professional one, a personal one or anything. Um, so yeah, I think that's super important. And also like, uh, I mean, what, what you mentioned is so true. It doesn't have to be a phone conversation. Quantity is not essential. It's the quality of the conversation, right? Whether it's an email, a memo or whatever it is. I mean, I think that's understanding somebody is probably the first step to any successful relationship, professional, like you said, or personal. Yeah. Um, so Rowan, let's, let's, let's get into Law Ninjas, right? I want to know a little bit about like where the idea came from. What was the opportunity or the problem that you saw um, in your environment uh, that made you kind of say, okay, this is, there's something here that I can, I can work with. Yeah. So Law Ninjas started back in 2017 when it's exactly the time when I moved from Mayor Brown, which is a law firm to okay. uh, KFC Pizza Hut, which is an in-house role. And mm-hmm. so because I was kind of, for lawyers, that's a pretty big shift to, to make. Um, and I had no idea about what to expect or what kinds of questions I might come up against because I had never had mm-hmm. my clients sitting in the same office as me. And so I set up a WhatsApp group because I love set, setting up WhatsApp groups. And <laughs> it was with about 10, 15 of my in-house lawyer friends in Singapore and, and in India. And uh, it was a way for me to be able to ask them questions about- at Other know, companies or um, at- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like okay. at uh, banks or at uh, you know FMCG companies or at tech companies uh, who okay. I kind of knew through people or through contacts. Mm-hmm. And- um, yeah, it was like a way for me to ask them questions about, you know, tax and employment and all these things that law firm lawyers don't have a clue about, but okay. you're meant to know pretty well when you go in-house. Um, and yeah, it, it it worked really well. People were answering my questions. And I thought this is a pretty good idea. And it kind of just took a life of its own then because people started asking each other questions, sharing job opportunities, sharing, uh, you know, difficulties that they were going through Mm. and it started to grow so you know they would suggest a friend who wanted to join the group and i would add that friend and it kind of became this thing where you know daily we would be getting messages or questions or or posts on on the whatsapp group and uh, then it kind of became slightly too big for whatsapp because whatsapp has a limit of 256 members in a group and, right. and I also realized that a lot of lawyers were either in Singapore or in India. Mm. And so I set up a separate group for the Singaporeans, a separate group for the Indians. And oh, wow. then uh, it kind of took a life. All on WhatsApp. Now. All on WhatsApp. And so then okay. it became uh, in-house lawyers, a few groups for them, uh, private practice lawyers, so people who work in mm-hmm. law firms. So there's one for them. Students, which is a big, big group, uh, one for them. And then recently we also started one for professors and academics. Um, recently we've actually just moved to telegram because WhatsApp became a bit too small for us. So, Mm -hmm. so that's the the next stage, but that's, that's the community and that's how it kind of grew. But the whole law ninjas website, uh, the webinars, all of that, that actually only started probably late last year, early this year. And that idea actually comes from my dad. So my dad, when, uh, he had retired from Pepsi, which was his last job, uh, Mm -hmm. um, he had set up a business in Australia called Corporate Counsel Advantage, and it was to provide soft skills training to lawyers in Australia on all the things you don't learn at law school. Uh, and he had got it all up and running, the website and the business name, registration, everything. 
and mm. then he passed away a few months later. And so right. this idea about providing soft skills training is kind of his, uh, which I'm hopefully, you know, trying to keep alive and, and, and make it grow and combine it with the Law Ninjas community that we already have. Uh, and so it's going pretty well. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far with all the memes and, and the w- workshops. Um, but let's just see how we go. And um, I, I just want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. Yep. I want to you know, even if I can change one person's career trajectory in a positive way or help somebody out who's going through a difficult time, which I think during this pandemic, that's everybody's going through a difficult time. And yeah. so that's also another reason why these free workshops have been really, really um, well received, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, in addition to Law Ninja's workshops, I actually speak uh, and I conduct workshops for universities uh, across the globe. Uh, a lot of the national law universities or NLUs in India, I've spoken mm-hmm. at virtually. Um, wow. And then also some in That's Africa, so cool. in the US, in, in the UK and, and Europe. And uh, so that's kind of also helping um, spread the word and mm-hmm. and make uh, hopefully some sort of small difference in people's lives. No, I'm sure. And, and I also wanted to talk about the grant that you and your brother started. Um, because just in my sort of it, what I've been seeing in India with with like the whole legal community, it's it's been really shaken up, right? Like, and unfortunately, we're going through a second wave. So it's literally put so many people out of jobs and just out of even even for young aspiring lawyers, they, they're just looking for stuff to do. So I wanted to know a little bit about the grant, like where, where did that inspiration come from? And, and you know, what what is all that about? Can people still apply for it? And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So the it, it's called the Parvez Bilmoria Global Award for Legal Excellence. It's a long mm-hmm. name, but we had to fit our dad's name and of something course. about legal in there. Um, and so it started, I want to say two, three years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say 2019. Yeah, 2019. And right. so what it kind of is essentially is uh, a $5,000 um, grant. So it's a one-time cash payment. Uh, wow. to a law student somewhere in the world who um, has demonstrated, you know, achievements and also who has aspirations to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And so the application process is quite simple. You just have to send through a two minute video through WhatsApp uh, to a phone number. Uh, and uh, you just have to kind of tell us about yourself. And like I said, your achievements, your aspirations, uh, what do you want to do or what you're doing? And you have to be either a current or a future law student somewhere in the world. Um, and yeah, so so that's kind of the idea. Wow, and that's so amazing. Yeah, so my brother Karan and I, we kind of came up with the idea a couple of years ago. And so in the first mm. year, 2019, the winner, uh, we got applications and, and submissions from, I think all six continents, I want to say, wow. other than Antarctica. Um, <laughs> and... Um, uh, the winner turned out to be an, a law student based in India, uh, Maitreya, and he has a, such an inspiring story. And, and actually, I think you should bring him on one of your podcasts one day. For sure. Um, he, um, you know, very bright law uh, student in, in high school in, mm-hmm. in, Gujar- in Gujarat. And uh, when he was, I think, 16, he got hit by a cricket ball. And uh, I think it hit him right on the side of his head and he went progressively blind. And so now he's at law school, Uh, he's he's blind and he's, but instead of, you know, like 
being wow. a victim or, or saying, okay, what do I do now? I Giving have given up. up. Yeah. He's mm. kind of turned it into this massively positive thing where he actually is fighting for disability rights. And, you know, he's helping other people who are going through similar uh, issues or afflictions as he has. Um, and especially, you know, the way he's doing it is just so inspiring. And he's also now, I think, doing LLM, so Masters in Law from the University of Pennsylvania. And wow. All these amazing things. So anyway, that's amazing. So he, was, he won it in the first year. And then the next year, uh, so last year in 2020, uh, we had a law student from Nigeria, Everestus, who won. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so, so this year, uh, the applications are open right now. They end on the 30th of June. Uh, and so if anybody wants to apply, uh, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Rowan Bilimoria. I'm the only one with that name. Uh, so feel <laughs> free to message me and I can send you details if that would help. And they just have to send like a, like you mentioned, a two minute video. It's two minute like video. probably the best thing you can do. That's so cool. I mean, I, I, one would definitely love to have, yeah, the, what, what was his name again? Mitria Shah. Yeah. Mitria Shah. Yeah. I mean, his journey sounds amazing. And, and like the, like you mentioned, he's, he's trying to give back with, with uh, the stuff that he probably had to deal with himself. That is cool. That is really, really interesting. So already you're seeing amazing things happen with, with, you know, um, I think the amount is something that, you know, can always increase or decrease, but it's the thought behind it. It's like the idea that you guys have of actually, you know, giving back without any sort of agenda or anything. And it's real. Like, I think there's so many times you see all these larger organizations or whatever doing things for the sake of doing it. But I think this one is like really impactful and, and it's like very personal for you guys. So I think it's a, yeah. it's a really cool thing that you guys are doing yeah. and definitely something and that, uh, inspiring i guess like for me as well like def i would want to do it, something like this there's no digital marketing courses as such i would want what want to pay for but i think of some other way of doing something like that yeah i think uh, when we first announced it a couple of years ago we didn't really know what it was going to be or if it was yeah. going to actually you know help anybody or, or be known to anybody because linkedin instagram you know we have limited mm -hmm. reach we didn't put any advertising money behind the post or anything yep. Um, but it just, yeah, it just kind of spread and pe people, I think, saw the message behind it, saw mm -hmm. what it was meant to be. $5,000 is not a lot of money in most countries, but mm -hmm. in some countries, it's a lot of money. Uh, for it, sure. It, it can 100%. pay for a decent amount of a course or sometimes even the whole course. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not a wealthy millionaire or billionaire who can put, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars behind it uh, yet. But day, uh, yeah. you know, at, at, this, at this stage, you know, we kind of want to help out a little bit and also keep our yeah. dad's name alive and, and of the course, sort of, of course. spirit behind it alive. Um, and yeah, so when, when we first announced it, I think a couple of years ago, a couple of uh, friends or LinkedIn contacts did message me saying, hey, we would love to do something similar for our parents wow. or our you know, uncle. Uh, how do we do that? Or, you know, how did you mm. set it up? And I said, with there's no foundation there's i'm not doing it for tax benefits like some companies do i'm sure. trying to just it's just cash two minute video keeping it simple i think yeah. that's the key to success really no that's 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 so cool and um yeah just something that that could be so beneficial for so many people to come in the future um so Rohan, let's get into the business model. Okay, I want to know a little bit more about Lawn Ninjas, the way it works. What you, uh, like you mentioned, it's a community, and and this is a community that's still ongoing, right? Like the Telegram group for for lawyers, um, in house yeah. as well as practicing. 
And uh, for the law students, is that is that is this a place where they can come to learn skills besides what they're learning in in you know their textbooks and stuff? And and what are the mentoring sessions about? What are some of the ways that a law student can kind of benefit from this? Yeah. So it started off as a community, a social network, uh, completely free and you know very very open and and inclusive. Yeah. And uh, so now we've yeah set up a website where if you go on the website, lawninjas.co, you'll see that for uh, a price of $4.95, uh, mm-hmm. you can subscribe to uh, the Law Ninjas. So as soon as you subscribe, you get added to the Telegram groups, depending on whether you're a student or in-house lawyer or private practice lawyer or law professor. Uh, you then get put on our mailing list. You get to hear about all the workshops you're running. Um, you also get mentoring from me so in case you ever have any questions or anything you're kind of going through in terms of challenges uh, i'm happy to chat to you i'm happy to speak to you i'm happy to connect you with people and so what's been really cool um is that over the last two three years since uh, the ninjas have been around uh you know people have found jobs through through the network so you know somebody's uh, posted an ad or or like a job uh, description on the whatsapp group somebody mm-hmm. else has applied to it and got it or you know they've spoken to somebody in the same city as them and have uh, heard of some new opportunity so it's really like made a significant impact in some people's lives and mm-hmm. also i think what's really cool when you're part of the community is that there will be times and this is in again everybody's life everybody's uh, world uh, depend doesn't matter which occupation you you follow but you're going to be stuck at your desk one day not knowing the answer to a specific question yep. and going what do i do i have to give this uh, email or send this letter to my boss or my client uh, in an hour's time i don't know the answer what do i do every single day there are questions being posted in these um, telegram groups now mm-hmm. where within i think 10 minutes you get the answer to your question from five other lawyers who are you know, either more senior to you or from different parts of the world to you and who've seen it and done it before. And so that's the value there. That's where the value is, the community. Um, mm. Yeah. So so in terms of, you said the business model, I would say that it's the subscription uh, model. Or, so that's mm-hmm. one revenue stream. Um, then another revenue stream uh, is going to be, I think now courses. So for example, yep. you pay like $10 you get uh, access to a two-hour or three-hour workshop on a particular mm-hmm. legal topic. You get a certificate at the end of the day. Uh, and then obviously you get kind of, again, access to the speaker, access to me uh, to ask questions. So we're just kind of seeing how it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, again, not meant to be this you know massive billion-dollar enterprise. Uh, there are other legal education companies out there who've been doing it for a lot longer than I have, but I will say that the two differences, hmm. two, two of the many differences that I can kind of talk about, the first one is that 10% of any profits from law ninjas go towards funding scholarships for deserving law students around the world. Nice. Um, I know 10% doesn't sound like a very big number, but no, that's a that's, that's a lot. That's that's kind of what I'm starting off with. And, right. and then that's let's a... make a profit first and then we can kind of increase that <laughs> sure. number. Um, so that's the first thing. And I would, mm. I would encourage and challenge, if I can say that, other legal education companies out there to do more than I'm doing. Yeah. I think 
a lot of them are just focused on making a profit. A lot of them are just right. focused on making returns so that they can get uh, mm-hmm. equity uh, funding or go for an IPO or whatever they're planning. Sure. To. That's the first thing is giving back is super important for me and for the mm-hmm. Loningers. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, and, and I'm going to say it anyway, it's a bit controversial, but the two biggest legal education companies in India, which is a mm-hmm. huge market, are founded by people who have, I think, one year of legal experience. Legal experience. Sure, sure. Whereas the people who are behind Law Ninjas have many years of work experience internationally. So right. it just comes down to who do you want to learn from? Like, who do you want to like, you know, get insights from? You want to get insights from somebody who's done it before or somebody mm-hmm. who hasn't? So I think that's a key differentiating factor as well. You know, I, I think, look, at the end of the day, right, like for especially in India, and I'm sure in other countries as well, doing internships throughout your um, your university days and stuff is extremely important. But having said that, this, the real learning and, and you do get certifications and stuff like that from Law Ninjas and even from these other legal platforms, that's probably more value to you in the long term. And like you're saying, this is something official once you've graduated, although all of the workshops and the direct interactions that they're able to have with actual lawyers like yourself and and the rest of the community is probably something that they can benefit from now as well as like in the future right so i think that um just from a value standpoint is so useful for any student aspiring lawyer or even current lawyer yeah and actually one thing i forgot to mention is that Mm -hmm. for that monthly sort of membership you also get access to all of the workshops we've done so we've recorded every single workshop so i think there's about 20 hours worth of videos on the website, which you can view instantly. And mm. we've had speakers from places like Amazon, from Twitter, from Pepsi, from all around the world, um, talking about things that you don't learn at law school, things that you need mm. in order to be a successful lawyer. Uh, and, you know, I, it's funny that I get comments from law ninjas um, in different countries saying, we wish we had this when we were at law school. Right. You know, we wish we could learn all these things because they've just kind of had to learn it on the job uh, and kind of had to go through the the trials and tribulations um, without any guidance, without any mentoring, without any sort of insights into what it was actually like. So I'm hopeful that these webinars and these kinds of initiatives will be able to help people make that transition, make that move. Uh, and and move up in their careers a lot quicker, a lot faster, and a lot more, uh, you know, friendly uh, way. I think I think that's quite important. So you're not saying throw away all your law textbooks and just watch our workshops, but use this as an additional avenue to help you exactly, benefit stand up. Exactly. Exactly. I think no. I mean, look, all the universities I've spoken at, all the universities and professors I've uh, spoken to, uh, they're amazing. Like I, yeah. I I respect teachers in all their forms. Uh, and I think that the universities, they are providing exactly what you need in order to be a good uh, lawyer and, mm-hmm. and the academic side, the case law, the judgments, all of that is obviously super important. You can't not know all that stuff. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, learning the theory of something is very different to actually, you know, working in a law firm or working in a company. You've got to deal with things in a law firm that they're not going to teach you at law school. For example, um, mm. stress. So like, you know, these kind of intangible things like stress, like mental wellness, Mm. um, what what do you say in an interview? 
what do you meant to uh, put on your LinkedIn profile? Like all these things that you need to know. Uh, I, I've met some incredibly intelligent law students and incredibly mm. hardworking law students um, who I would hire in an instant if I had a law firm. Um, but when you look at their LinkedIn profile or when you look at their CV or their cover letters, they don't know how to put them together. Like right. the photograph right. is, you know, not the best or mm. they have, you know, typos in their CVs or, you know, just small stuff, which, you know, if you're applying to some other sort of industry or some other sort of occupation where attention or detail is not super important or as mm. important as it is in the law, you'd probably get away with a few typos in your CV. But in the law, unfortunately, you know, a spelling error or a missing comma, it kind of jumps out. And so you need yep. to make sure that uh, you really, really do it well. So anyway, so that's the point. So you just kind of fill the gap between law school and, and life. And uh, I'm doing it kind of one one week at a time. You know, I mean, like, it, that's so important, right? Like, is there's there's probably 100,000 law students applying, probably more than that, actually, given applying to the same job or whatever it is, or the same career path, right? So your real differentiator is, of course, you know, the technical understanding and your your grades and all of that stuff. But more than that, it's the person you are. Like at the end of the day, you're working with somebody 18 hours a day. The person hiring you want to, wants to make sure that you are somebody that they actually want to talk to for those 18 hours, regardless of what the profession is and stuff. So exactly. definitely. So, that, you know, yeah. being the smartest lawyer or accountant or banker, yes, it counts to a certain extent, but it's not going to get you to where you want to go. Mm. Uh, you have to build the social skills. You have to build... Uh, you know, all the other sort of things you need in order to uh, be a success at your profession. Like you said, you, you, you're, you have to put yourself in the shoes of the other person, right? If yeah. you were hiring somebody to join your team and you were the boss, who would you want? Would you want a robot who knows all the cases, who knows everything? Or would you want somebody, yes, who's hardworking, who's kind of got the basics and got mm -hmm. the knowledge, but has the enthusiasm, has the positive attitude, has the desire to be able to make a difference and, and, and contribute to the company, to the team, to the success of the uh, enterprise. I think those are the things that you can't learn at law school or you can't see on a CV sometimes. You have to speak to the person, you have to meet yep. the person. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's quite important to be able to appreciate that you need all these other skills uh, in order to be a success. Yeah, I mean, to even be able to get the chance to converse with somebody who's potentially hiring you is what the Law Ninjas community can kind of bring to you, help you with, establish. Correct, so you correct. can actually talk to somebody and tell them, hey, exactly. this is why you should hire me. Exactly. And, and actually, <laughs> I think one of my dreams maybe is that people will start putting Law Ninja on their CV. Nice. And one day it will happen very, I mean, people are already putting Law Ninja on their CV, um, but one day it will happen when somebody will go for an interview and the interviewer will be a Law Ninja and they will already have something in common that they can talk about. And at the end of the day, one thing I always say to a lot of students mm. during my workshops is this whole concept of networking that we mm. kind of get told about at law school or, you know, at, at um, you know, in our law firms. Uh, I, I actually say let's abolish this word altogether from our vocabularies and let's mm. replace it with something that's called relationship building. Right. So that's essentially what we're trying to do. We're not trying to do this formal forced thing called networking. 
where we hand out business cards or we tell Try people to talk oh, to as many people yeah like, exactly surface level conversations right exactly you're just trying to you know make sure that you kind of touch as many uh mm. bases as you can Th- that's not how life works that's not right. how people win work or you know win clients it's about building relationships it's about like you right. said you know being able to talk to somebody about something other than the law like talk to them about you know their favorite restaurant or talk right. to them about travel pre covid or and post covid <laughs> um talk to them about you know what the sports game that you saw last night whatever it is mm. uh, i think that's quite important because we're all human we're all trying to yes we have jobs and yes we're trying to do the best we can but we also want to work with people or deal with people who we can get along with and who we can have a connection with and um so i think yeah building relationships is what i try and ask people to focus a little bit more on rather than networking no i think that that is such a key piece of advice and and definitely you know um at the end of the day you have like hopefully a long life right and in that life your work and the hours you spend trying to build a client is important but like you mentioned it's just one part of your life you have the entire the rest of your life to live the relationships you have and all of that so equally as important and i think for anybody you know getting into their first job or whatever it is or or even in their professional career that's important to realize that you need to value yourself so that other people value value you yeah. as well yeah and i think that one of the things i ask uh law ninjas when they come on these webinars to speak one of the questions i always ask them is what are you looking for in a, a law firm when when or a lawyer when you're looking to appoint them you know to act for mm. you and you know i always think or i always thought that they would say oh it's about you know the fees that they're going to charge me or how many amazing deals that they've done in the past which will show their you know credibility but actually a lot of people i've spoken to have said they want that yeah relationship they want their rapport mm. they want that uh enthusiasm yes you want obviously not to pay too much in fees you want somebody who's got the knowledge about that industry or that kind of deal but these intangibles are, are what i think are more important and so yeah hmm. don't don't lose sight of that um, and i think even yeah. with you know uh anybody who's looking to win clients or, or grow their business or grow their practice whether in law or outside of the law um make sure that you're not just focusing on the academics or the or the work side of things um because some of the best lawyers i've worked with and some mm. of the lawyers that i would want to appoint on deals are not necessarily the smartest or the or the most hard working they are the ones who i know i can pick up the phone give them a call and ask them a question and they'll give me a straight up answer rather than you know somebody who will kind of hide behind disclaimers and say oh well mm. get back to you next week and you know uh, yeah yeah i would say that's quite important for sure you kind of answered this but uh, ron i wanted to ask you for you know business owners it's everybody knows having good lawyers and accountants and you know service professionals is extremely important what is your kind of advice for a business owner trying to hire a lawyer for something specific or general and and how do you actually go about that i mean should you have something specific in mind before you go out and look for a lawyer and what should you be assessing when you're trying to actually hire someone yeah i think for a business owner you do need a good lev- good um 
level of vendors and suppliers and advisors mm. right so yep. you need people you can trust so for example mm. uh, i'll get to the legal advisors but even before that you need a decent web designer to set up your website you yep. need a decent um, digital marketing agency like autolink to help you with with that you need a good accountant because i know very little about accounting even though i have a finance degree um and yeah, you need a decent lawyer to kind of help you with at least the basics or at least kind of setting it mm -hmm. up. For example, every website needs to have a privacy policy. Every website right. needs to have a terms and conditions, uh, which are all very legalese and which, you know, don't make sense to most people. And everybody's kind of agreeing to everything. I just copy paste whatever. I, I have this one format. I use that for every website and change exactly. the name. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do anything else. Exactly. Um, so... Fortunately, given my legal background, I was able to draft my own privacy policy and terms and conditions. <laughs> but yeah, that that kind of stuff would cost you a pretty penny if you got right. a lawyer to do it. Um, but I do. I have had to hire an accountant to do all mm -hmm. my taxes and all of that stuff. Uh, my website, I didn't design it, uh, although I did. You know, a lot of the kind of thinking behind it. You sure. know, somebody has to do it. The logo, somebody has to do it. Mm. And so, I would say for a lawyer, what you should look for. Um, again, look, lawyers are expensive. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Um, it depends what you need them for. If a lot of the stuff that you might need in order to um, set up your website, it's all available online and a lot mm -hmm. of it is free. Yep. Um, so use that, do your research, look at other websites, privacy policies to get a little bit of inspiration. Um, you know, th that's how they're doing it. I mean, if they're doing it, they haven't been sued or shut down. You can be safe to say yeah, that it yeah, exactly. probably works. So, you know, don't quote me, uh, but I would say that, yeah, just look around, look at what other people are doing. It's not rocket science. Like for me, right? I'm right. not an entrepreneur. I am, don't come from a business or entrepreneurial background. And so for me to be able to set up a business name and register a business and do trademark mm -hmm. registrations and set up a website. It's all very alien to me, um, right. but it's been a lot of fun. And I think, you know, for any entrepreneur out there who's either looking to start their own business or has started their own business, if you're looking to start your own business and you're hesitating and you're not sure, just do it. Okay. You don't, you're not going to have mm. the best perfect website straight away. You're not going to have yep. all the, client straight away you just do it one by one you know um one workshop a day or a week one meme a day is my kind of philosophy um so you just kind of you know have to um step by step but yeah get your advisors uh who you trust and who know who are not gonna you know rip you off yeah um and uh make sure that you build relationships again with them as well uh, i think that's yeah quite crucial Right. No, I think that's that's uh, valuable, not only for people like uh, getting into their first business, right? Like a lot of it you can do yourself, do your own research, have, have some basic knowledge of what you're trying to get into. Um, and even if you're paying someone, especially a service provider, you know, treat them with some respect, talk to them. They're still a person at the end of the day. And if they like you, they'll probably work harder for you in any case. So that's really fundamental to this. Yeah. Uh, Rowan, last question. I wanted to know if somebody is leaving high school, they're about to join law school, they're thinking about joining law school, what are some of the, you know, attractive or, or growing career opportunities for them? What would you advise people to kind of get into if they have like a clean slate, they can start with anything, or even if they're, you know, going through their um, legal journey right now? Yeah, 
So I would say that definitely don't become a lawyer just because you think Suits is a fantastic TV show <laughs> or because you really love uh, John Grisham thrillers. Um, obviously use that, but speak to lawyers, um, mm. attend Law Ninjas workshops or other workshops, read what's happening on LinkedIn, join LinkedIn firstly, because there's so many law students out there who don't have LinkedIn. And right. as soon as okay. they hear uh, from me, you know how important it is, they immediately open an account and they immediately start seeing, oh, wow, there's a whole world out there. So uh, I would say, you know, if you're thinking about becoming a lawyer uh, and you're in high school, uh, then yeah, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Why mm -hmm. do you want to become a lawyer? Ask yourself, uh, why do you want to become a lawyer? Um, and then the second thing is what you should do at law school. I, what I always say is in your first couple of years of law school, assuming mm. it's a five-year journey, because in India as well, it's five years where you have to combine law with something. Right. Um, in your first couple of years, I would say don't put so much pressure on yourself to find mm. internships or to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, you know, just absorb as much as you can, learn as mm. much as you can, meet as many people as you can virtually or in person. Uh, and just kind of figure out like, what is this thing called law? Like what yeah. is corporate? What is environmental law? What is litigation? All these things that you kind of have heard about, but you don't really know. Um, Cause you know, so many law students come into law, law school and they're like, oh, I know I want to be a finance lawyer or I know mm. I want to be a criminal lawyer. And then they kind of put like a blinkers on and they miss sometimes all these other potential opportunities that are out there so yeah. yeah absorb as much as you can in the beginning and then yes uh get it work experience speak to people uh network net, build relationships uh, on linkedin and elsewhere and really <laughs> um make sure that you're making informed decisions because a lot of the decisions that are made now by law students and lawyers are just because they've heard that it's a good thing to do or a friend mm. of theirs is doing it, or right. they just feel like they have to do a master's, for example. Uh, but that's not how you go about it. Like make sure that you're making the decisions for the right reasons, um, that you've spoken to as many people as you can and really formed your own view about it. Um, because yeah, the worst thing you can do is kind of get through, let's say six months of a one year master's program and realize, oh my gosh, I've just spent so much money, so much time, so much effort, yeah. and I don't know why I'm doing this, or I wanted to do something else, or whatever it is. So yeah, I think that's quite uh, important to do uh, quite early on. But yeah, like I said, don't hmm. put too much pressure on yourself. Just absorb as much as you can, and uh, have fun with it as well. I mean, being a lawyer is quite quite a noble profession, I would say, mm -hmm. and it's quite different to any other profession because Although you may not become a lawyer after law school or, you know, five years after law school, you might realize that you want to do more on the business side. You want to yep. become a yoga instructor or whatever it is. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer or right approach or way to go about it. But I would say that the way of thinking that you're going to pick up at law school, the way of evaluating, the way of problem solving that you're going to learn from your teachers and from your classes is going to be something that regardless of what you end up doing in life, that's going to stay with you. That's going to help you. And that's going to differentiate you from everybody else. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, take it all in and enjoy it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I have a few friends who did the five-year program and, 
And you know, at that time you're, you're thinking, you know, five years when you're in your twenties is a lot of time, right? It's like half, half of your twenties essentially. Um, and some of them didn't even continue doing law. They're either working in like, a, they started a business of their own or they're working in a job, they're working in a family business. And when I, when I talked to them and asked them, you know, like, are you sure you made the right move? Do you regret those five years? They said one, they made friends that they'll never like sort of forget or whatever, built relationships that are going to be lifelong. And the second thing was they're exactly what you're saying, right? Like the skills and the things that you learn essentially help you understand how the system works, how the world works. And that's something that's like invaluable in, in anything that you're doing. Yeah. So, and I think that, yeah. look, um, even if you decide that you don't want to become a lawyer or, yeah. or you want to change track or something, that's fine. Okay. Your legal degree or your law degree, it's not gone to waste. It's something yeah. that's like you said, has given you, you know, a foundation which you can build on. And you you will be amazed to know that a lot of the greatest CEOs in the world mm. or greatest thinkers in the world have or greatest politicians in the world uh, have law degrees or have been yeah. lawyers in the past. And um, it if you're in a boardroom setting, for example, and you're uh, a CEO and you have a legal background, I'm, I'm going to be biased when I say this, but I think you're going to stand out and you're going to have more value to add than somebody who's just mm. got a business background when it doesn't yep. know how to evaluate the risks in a legal way or how to think about it in that kind of same way. Um, so I think that's quite, quite uh, cool as well to see sometimes when somebody has a legal background, you can kind of see uh, that they do, uh, even though they might be doing something else. No, for sure. I mean, I, d I have a business management degree. I can tell you nothing that I learned from the degree itself. So exactly. at least if you do law, you have something useful to fall back on or exactly. even use in, in other parts of your life. Exactly. Okay. Um, pretty much all the questions, anything you want to specifically go over or talk about? Uh, no, I think that's really, really great. I think, you know, Law Ninjas is something that uh, I'm, is my passion project, as I said. So yeah. I'm quite keen to see where it goes and keep it growing. And um, and like I said, I, I want to make a difference and, and help uh, people. I think that's that's important. And if, if I wasn't helping people, if we weren't giving back to the community somehow, then I just say, let's forget about it because I don't want to do it. If, if yeah. it's just about money or if it's just about, you know, fame and fortune, uh, then it, it's it's not worth it, I would say. Mm. Um, there are many ways to make money, I would say. So I think Lunges is, is quite important for me and for people around the world. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I can keep it going and going from strength to strength. But I would also say that, yeah, for anybody out there who has a dream or who has a vision to do something, whether in the law or outside of the law, um, just take a chance. I mean, roll the dice and yeah. see where it goes. Look, so many people have started businesses or have tried to do something and have failed, mm -hmm. right? Um, and who've, you know, had businesses that uh, were failures or who they didn't make enough money or they didn't do what they thought they would do. And then they learned lessons from that yeah. or they figured out what doesn't work and then they've pivoted to something else or mm -hmm. they've figured out what is it that the world actually needs and where they can actually fill in a gap. Um, so uh, yeah, you just got to take a chance and don't be afraid is what I would mm. say. Don't be afraid. 
Uh, one thing I learned uh, at my time at Yum, which is KFC Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. is that if you lead with love and, and heart, so that's the first thing. If you lead with heart and if you lead with humility, so you mm-hmm. be humble, you be kind, you be polite, you be respectful to people around you, and you try and avoid being proud and mm-hmm. being you know, like arrogant and egotistical and all these things, and you avoid this sort of inherent default setting that we have of acting out of fear and, you know, being competitive or trying to get as many mm. likes on Instagram as possible and as much social validation as possible. Yeah. If we forget about fear and pride and we focus on love and humility, everything else in your career and your life and your future will kind of figure itself out. Wow. Um, so if you want to start a business, do it with heart, do it with humility uh and give it your best shot and if it works it works if it doesn't you'll definitely learn something that you can apply to some other part of your life uh and you'll at least be able to say that i did it no regrets i'm not going to look back in it 20 years from now and go i wish i'd started that restaurant or started that online marketing agency or whatever it is um, right just do it as nike Rowan. would say <laughs> Thank you so much. I think that was a lot of value and a lot of good learnings for people in the legal profession or even, you know, doing other things. And guys, if you want to connect with Rohan, please connect with him on LinkedIn. You can follow him and, and you know, see his memes that he posts and they're, they're <laughs> definitely entertaining, if nothing else. And if you want to be part of the Law Ninjas community, reach out to their website, uh, set up a call with Rohan, get, watch their workshops and, you know, take all that learnings and, and do the best you can. Thank you so much. And thank you, Himanshu, for also not only this initiative that you've started about, you know, podcasts and, and interviewing people from around the world, but also just generally, I think you are a very good example of somebody who's leading with heart and humility. And you're, and you're, I think you're having a lot of fun doing it as well, which I think is yeah. important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, worse comes to worse. I have cool conversations with people. <laughs> so exactly. Exactly. Look, we're like, we're all on this planet for a limited period of time. Yeah. So you might as well get to know people, get to know what else people do. And, and one thing I will kind of maybe end with is, mm-hmm. you know, there are two kinds of people in this world or two kinds of mindsets that people have. One is called what they call a fixed mindset. And the other mm-hmm. is called a growth mindset. Right. So fixed mindset, very simply put, is somebody who, you know, let's say you give them a challenge or you give them a new task to do or something, their initial reaction is kind of like, uh, you know, oh, you know, oh, I have to do this new thing or it's going to take me time to do this or, mm. um, you know, what is this headache that I now have to deal with? Uh, so it's kind of like a fixed mindset where they're not willing to step outside their comfort zone or not willing to take, take on the challenge. And yeah. then the other kind of mindset is where you have a growth mindset where if you were given a new challenge or a new task to do, you kind of think to yourself, okay, you know, this is going to be tough, but what will I get to learn? What is this new experience that I'm going to have? Who is this new person I'm going to work with? Um, and so the quicker that you can move from having a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, the more successful you'll be, the better off you'll be, the happier you'll be. And so I think with you starting this podcast, I think you've shown that you've adopted this growth mindset where you're looking to do things slightly differently you're looking to do things which, you know, which are not comfortable, uh, which are not, you know, safe and which are not what everybody else is doing. And you're not conforming to the norm. You're, you're doing something slightly offbeat, which I think is very, very cool. So keep it going. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Rowan. And and you know, same with you, man. You're you're you have a job in the traditional sense, but you've also got this thriving community with with all these cool lawyers. And I'm sure you're enjoying both as much. Yes, agreed. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Great to have you, Rowan.